Hello. Well, I'm going to do the intro. Oh, I mean, I wasn't. Welcome to Hootspot. Oh, uh, crap. That's like so <laughs> rude. There's a, a lot of podcasts I listen to. They let the guest say, you know. Yeah, well, I just spent the last 12 minutes frantically writing this intro. So <laughs> I'm, well, I'm going to say it now. Excuse me. Welcome, welcome, welcome to this. Oh, I really hope everyone can hear him pouring a glass of wine right now. This is our second episode of Chutzpah. I'm so happy to be here. Me too. I'm not that happy though, because I accidentally permanently deleted everything that I had ever written, thought, or hoped for this podcast. But opens up for room for creativity. Mm-hmm. In the grand scheme of things, I'm thankful that uh, my mind works fast enough that I could whip out about a quarter of what I had previously written in about 12 minutes. So that's pretty good. And I hope that you're happy wherever you are. And if you're not, don't look now. But uh, I just called ahead and ordered a billion butterflies to float their way just outside your window. Uh, they're ready and information to carry you like you're on a magic carpet and fly you over any magical land of your choosing. So, you know, just take advantage of that when you need it. <laughs> it's okay. You can laugh. It's funny. All right. Well, enough of that mischief. Uh, let's get to the show, shall we? Today, our guest is one of the brightest, baldest, most badass people that I know. He's your handy-dandy local tire salesman. He's a singer. Oh, wait, wait. I'm sorry. Did you not catch that? He He's a tire salesman. <laughs> no, folks. It's not uh, the 1950s. The year is 2021, and construction sites still need the tires. The year 2022. Oh, my God. Yeah. Shit. I know. It's 2022. I know. It makes me want to throw up. Yeah. Anyway, continue. Construction sites still need tires as big as a grown man, and... This grown man is also a singer in his church choir. Arguably, most importantly, he is also my grown man. My boo. <laughs> the man who tucks me in and then occasionally hits me with pillows in his sleep. <laughs> <laughs> For fun. For fun. Please welcome to the show, John Jacob Schumann. Ooh, did the full name. That's fun. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. You can do the full name for all the guests. Uh, sure. By the way, did I miss anything in your intro? Is there anything else you'd want people to know about you? I mean, I'm only hosting the TEDx conference that's coming up. Oh, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that's a big that's deal. That's kind of a big deal. It says here, great. Well, let's get started. <laughs> Continue with the script. <laughs> this is really My, good, by the way. Oh. Uh, sponsor, um, Black, we are not Ridge, by this one. Black Ridge Vineyards. Um, sweet red wine from uh, the wonderful, wonderful state of California. Make some pretty good $10 wine. Thanks. That's so, good to know. Yeah. I'll have some after the show because you uh, I Because you deleted all your files. And you should have some. Why would you remind me? <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let's get into it. The first question that I'm going to ask everybody is uh, where, like, where do you get your confidence? Where does your confidence come from? How do you foster that in your life? Things like that. Uh, my confidence kind of 
like parries on the fact that in most of my young life, it was really all I had to rely on because yeah. it wasn't really coming from anywhere else. So I had, because of my background, I had a lot of where other people were achieving at like traditional education, things of that nature, sports, even I wasn't like, so what you do when you don't know yourself to make yourself seem like you have confidence and to like fill your confidence. I didn't have that. So I had to pull from a nice, a wonderful family background that gave me a lot of confidence. And the fact that it's like, well, I'm going to be a confident person and I don't have these other things, these other traits. Um, so I just going to have to be through my personality. And so I, I think it's relatively unique. Sure. Um, yeah, I think that's where it comes from in necessity. Is there anything that you do like on a daily basis to keep building that in yourself? Or have you seen that evolve over time? I don't think I really have to do. I mean, more recently, I've had to just be like, I'm awesome. You know, like mm -hmm. that in your head, which yeah. I think everybody has a little bit of that. Like look in the mirror and be like, yeah. oh, I'm and be like, badass. Yeah, Let's go do this be thing. like, I'm freaking awesome. Yeah. So um, I think that's helpful for anyone. But I mean, I still do it too. But for the most part, I it's 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 very, I think that's much more of a uh, nature than nurture is my confidence because my father mm. has it. My brother has it. My mother has it. It's just deep in my family of people that are some deservingly and some undeservingly confident people. <laughs> Do you think yours is deserving? Oh, of course. Yeah. And that's probably how everybody else in my family would So feel why too. did you feel like you had to kind of force yourself to be confident? Like what was lacking? For you? So I don't have, um, so I had an un, I don't know if you'd say like, I don't know how it works, like undiagnosed, ununderstood. Mm -hmm. uh, learning disability uh, that we call dyslexia now, but in the nineties it was like this kid's just deeply mentally handicapped and needs to sniff markers. And, <laughs> uh, and it turns out that wasn't the case. And, but like when you grow up in like small town uh, where I grew up, which was a wonderful small town, but like in that education system, there's not a lot of resources and, what happened was you just get thrown to the side, right? Because mm -hmm. like the education system is designed to be a blanket, which sure. is a relatively good metaphor because it's comforting. One and size fits all. Kind yeah. Of and it one size fits all. Um, so I wasn't in that, uh, but I was very lucky that my wonderful mother was a teacher and a very good teacher at that and understood like, hey, this kid's not a marker sniffer. He is a intelligent person and the only way i could present that was verbally mm -hmm. which was interesting because it was a lot different from anyone that was my age because while they could do like you know things like stupid things like reading you know i <laughs> who needs it yeah who needs i don't read now i don't know anyone that reads now so i uh i could speak i could explain i could present yeah. Like that. yeah and uh, and i came off as it's it's very strange because it was like you talk to me you're like obviously that person's very intelligent mm -hmm. and then like if you'd like even today like you text with me or like you see my writing and things like that you're like that person's a marker sniffer and it's just like <laughs> it's just like 
I don't know. It's really interesting because like, that's not how it should be. Right. Like we still look at people as this one. It's a very linear system. Like if you can't excel in school, then what are you going to be able to do? Right. And that's right. Which is just not the case at all. Yeah. And so that's, there's so many other things you could do and so much more money you can make. Not (laughs) (laughs) just doing. So that's where, that's why I felt the need for confidence. Right. Because I was proving people wrong. Because, and I think that's the nature part. Like, I knew that I was awesome from a very young age. Like, I just had that. That's my, the nature part. Yeah. That's the nature yeah. part. That's what I'm saying. The nurture was from, oh, shit, I have to prove it to other people. Yeah. That sucks. Why don't they know this? Mm-hmm. Get on the train, guys. That's really what it going. was. And I, it's funny that you put it that way because that's really, um, that's really is, is how it is. It's like, why don't other, it's like looking through a lens and you're like, why don't, aren't other people seeing this color? Right. Mm -hmm. You're like, everybody's looking in the same lens and I'm seeing purple and everyone's like seeing gray. And I'm like, why don't you see purple? Yeah. I use purple because it's the color of royalty and it's my favorite color. It is your favorite color. Yeah. I do know that. Yes. Yeah. Well, you might be one of the only people that functions like that, which is fantastic. Probably. To have such like an innate level of confidence, um, which is why... That's a question that I ask people, right? Because like how you get confidence is very different than how I do, which if you want to know how I do it, you can listen to the first episode. It's but. more of a not even how I get confidence, how I use confidence. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's Cause true. Cause for that's most people, it's going to be how you got confidence, like how you became confident. Yeah. And it, for me, it's like, well, this is how remain I help. confident. This is how I remain confident, yeah. which is through normal tactics like that. Well, great. Okay, let's uh, let's go ahead and move forward to the next question, which I assume is going to relate to you having some confidence, but maybe not. Uh, you know, what was what was the time that you uh, showed a little chutzpah that you uh, really said what you meant, and that could be positive or negative. Maybe you put your foot in your mouth, or maybe you like really shook the boat and changed things for the better in your little sphere of the world. Got any good stories like that? I'd say the most, and you've heard all these stories, but I've said the most time that I've showed and real, I showed chutzpah and more importantly, like realized that I had some chutzpah to show on like yeah. a professional level mm-hmm. was in student government at Bellarmine where we mm-hmm. both went to school. Yeah. I was a very much unintentionally an opinion changer. Like my sophomore and junior year. Other people's opinions or your opinions? Yeah, other people's opinions. Okay. Right? So like people would wait for me to share my opinion and I could sway I sides see, see. of the student government. Gotcha. And that was some real chutzpah moments because you're sitting in front of people. Something that I've never experienced since. I hope to experience again because it was empowering. But you're sitting in front of people who are presenting things, who do want things from you and you're either saying no or yes. Mm-hmm. And both of those things are saying very confidently. Mm-hmm. And I don't think people have that experience a lot in life where you look at someone in the eye and you're like, yep. Or more fun. You're like, <laughs> no, I'm just joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. No, but like more, it, it, you get the opportunity to just very much be blunt about your opinion and be confident in your opinion. Show chutzpah. Um, and that's what I was thinking about prior to the show when you wanted me to come was that I think that's a very unique experience in life today because we were very much dancers conversationally. And in SGA and student government, 
and then now in business and my business career, it's much different. It's, it's like, what do you think about this? It's not, you're not, and this all has. So was there one time in particular that like really stays with you? Yeah. Um, there was one time that, and this was, I think the right way to say this, there was a person, a young woman, I guess, college girl at the time. Uh, that you were in college. I, I was in college, You're an SGA, but I looked so. at everyone as, yeah. But anyway, I was an SGA. This like, for, I was like a senior in SGA and she was like a freshman. Have we said SGA is just student government I said association? That. Yeah, okay. I said that student government association. <laughs> for those who aren't yeah. listening now, you know. Yeah. And, uh, she, uh, came and presented a bill for a club mm-hmm. and the club was about inclusion and things of that nature. Um, a club like that club, um, this was for particularly for the LGBTQ plus community and this club already existed. Right. And so she mm-hmm. was coming forward. Yeah. She wasn't starting a new club. No. Yeah, she well, was she was coming forward, trying to start a new club. Oh, she was oh. coming forward, trying to start a new club. And my point was the club already exists. I see. Join that right. club. Cause so, so little, there's already an LGBTQ plus support club yeah, and called, she's like let's make another one <laughs> yeah because what happened a lot and you'll find this in all parts of or i found this in all parts of life like what happens is people want to do things because they want to be in control of it but they're not necessarily the best people to be in control of that mm. they just want to have their own thing i see and when you're on positions like the student government or this happens in you know in the business world now is you don't necessarily need to be doing that. You just need to join this and make this stronger, right? right and you right. can be that in many positions. You could become the leadership yeah. of it. Yeah. And I made that point mm-hmm. and was aggressively attacked mm-hmm. by members of the student government. But I showed chutzpah by continuing to make that point and saying, like holding and saying, this is how I feel we give budgets to each student organization. If you are approved as a student organization, you get a budget and that budget is X amount of dollars. Mm -hmm. There's no reason to start another student organization that already exists and then split that money. Right. Sure. I mean, in theory that would be taking away money. It takes away money from the organization that already already exists exists and does well. And so that's when I showed chutzpah when people were just very much against it. Uh, Most of the people uh, that were in the, non-voting members that were like in the audience, if you mm-hmm. will, people that were attending the student government meeting. Yeah. But the people of student government agreed with me. Sure. And I guess we all showed some chutzpah, but they were upset and... Hi, just for the record, wanted to say Jacob and I, big fans of gay rights and supporting LGBTQ students, especially during college when a lot of students are starting to figure out what their sexuality might be, um, or at least finding their place within their community in school. So big fans of that. As a bisexual woman, I am really grateful for the experience I had at Bellarmine and the support that um, they were able to provide for me during that time. So just wanted to make it clear, we are not uh, questioning the merits of an LGBTQ student support group. We're talking more about resource allocation and paying attention to the resources around you to see how you might be able to leverage them um, to form yourself into the best leader that you can be. Sometimes that is building something of your own, and sometimes that's learning from what exists and taking a note from the others around you on how they've gotten to the point that they're at. So that's all we're trying to get at here. I don't don't really have a follow-up 
but it was just one of those <laughs> well, moments I'm, of like you're it this is the correct way to do that and i don't think that back to what i spoke about before i don't think ever, everyone has that type of experience sure, in their to, life where you're just looking at someone it's something that may sound unpopular at yeah. first until you understand the context yeah. of like we're just hitting and it also and we don't need to and it also like in those environments i think when you show chutzpah sometimes or in my life when i think that i have and that's one example it comes off as like mean or like cruel sure right I mean, yeah it is for the positive and, and or negative yeah like, and yeah. that's what's fascinating because it's like it's all perspective. Like mm-hmm. if I would have given you that story and given you no background, mm-hmm. I, which you would have been like, oh, well, why wouldn't you let that person form an organization for LGBTQ2 plus, right. you know? And it's like, that's not what happened. Mm-hmm. And, also to mention that the one that existed at Bellarmine, because I also went there, was big. It was like, huge. That was it was our biggest organization. Like, yeah. A handful of people being like, yay, gay rights or whatever. No, like that was like a lot of mm-hmm. the campus. So subdividing that would not It'd be stupid. Really make sense. Yeah. yeah. Um and I and I want to it's, and it's challenging and I think this was part of that is you want to be able to do those things and also encourage those people. Yeah. But right, you don't want to but, shut it down. But first, you want to be able to move people in the right direction. I think what we do a lot and what I see in what I saw in that world and what I see now is we try to cradle when really we need to cut this thing out first and then say, but we want you to do this. Yep. I'm making hand gestures. So I mean, it's like <laughs> we need to we need to cut out you want this organization or you want to do this business thing or you have this idea. We need to cut that out. And then we need to say, but we want you to go to this direction. I think what we do a lot now is we try to do both at the same time. Mm. Like we tried mm. to cradle at the same time as say, do something new. And we don't want someone sitting in a cradle when we want them to build something else, right? We want them yeah. to get out of the cradle. Yeah. So, and I mean, that's a great example too of saying, look, I don't think that this is the right move right now, but let me get you in touch with the leadership of that. Yeah. Like they're going to graduate soon and they're going to need more leadership. Yeah, they're so going like, to need all new members. Build at some connections. Point. Let's say like, okay, maybe you'd really benefit from this like leadership retreat that they're hosting soon. That kind of thing. Like there are so many resources that could benefit yep. from that, which, um, leads, well, I'm kind of skipping a question, but, um, you, you kind of already answered what the result of that particular oh, situation yeah, yeah. sounds like. Um, this person didn't get to make their like separate club, which is mm-hmm. fine. Um, but uh, if you had anything more to elaborate on, of, like the result of that, of what you learned, or um, maybe what SGA and that student learned. I mean, I'm not sure. Like I said, I didn't follow up with the student because mm-hmm. the student was not a fan of myself, <laughs> um, which happened more Fair often enough. than not. Um and I would say that the or the I would say that what maybe the organization as a whole learned is this is a precedent, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's important. To and consider. we did that a lot in student government, which was I think I was very proud of. As like, someone who presented to you several times and yeah. got the whole precedent argument, yeah, good. yeah, yeah, which was. Fair and unfair. It worked mm-hmm. to my advantage and it worked to my disadvantage where I thought I made a good argument for a particular instance, mm-hmm. but then they were like, well, that's fair. But two months ago, we didn't do that for that student. And now we can't do that for these students or that right. student. And so we had that too. And I think that that was a set of a precedent for if there is a thriving organization exercising the same practices as what you would in your organization would be attempting to exercise, then we are not going 
going to do that and mm-hmm. create two competing organizations. Yeah. So I'd say that was a positive. Most people maybe wouldn't. I know. I was really shocked. It's helpful. When it came to the precedent argument, when I was asking SGA to send, I think, seven or eight Bellarmine students to Washington, D.C. in 2017 for the very first Women's March. And right. um, I was the one who presented that and put that all together. And I was like, there's no way in hell that these fools are going to let me do this because I didn't know that they had done it before. Mm-hmm. And I was so scared and I presented it to you all. And you're like, yeah, cool. That sounds mm-hmm. good. It you makes know. it easier. <laughs> because and you is... actually had done that before. Right. Really, and that's that a... historically Bellarmine had done that yeah. several times. And that's, yeah. a, and that's a tangent that we won't go on. But it makes it way easier if you're in those organizations and you make sure to pay attention to precedent. Mm-hmm. Because then you don't have to have these same discussions every single time a similar or same topic comes up. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. useful. That speeds yeah. up the process. Yeah. Well, good good discussion on, on governance. Yeah. Is there anything else you'd like to add about your times with chutzpah? Having some chutzpah? Uh, just in my like general sales career, right? Mm-hmm. Stepping into a building of people that you don't know. And also might have like weaponry a lot of the time yeah. in my industry. I mean, you pretty much show this every day. Yeah. Is yeah. is still to this day, like on Monday, I'll go out and I'll call a business or I'll go and walk into a business that doesn't really want to have anything to do with me. And you're going to take that relationship of no knowledge, no understanding of me or what I want to do. And you're going to turn that into someone handing you cash Mm-hmm. is a really confidence-filled business. Yeah. yeah, it takes... And just to, you know, if you didn't hear the beginning, he's a tire salesman. Yeah, so you're working with a particular <laughs> group of people when selling to construction companies um, and mining, underground mining, yeah. surface you're mining. You're in dangerous environments, too. Yeah. yeah. So it takes a lot to... Even someone like myself takes a lot to even step into those environments. Like I, there's been times when I've drove all the way to a business, like 20 minutes, got there and been like, they're not interested in me and really was down on myself Mm -hmm. and just left. Oh, so that happens. That happens when you're just not ready. You know, you're not going to kill it. You just, you step away from it. So I've definitely not had chutzpah before because you just have to do it so often and so many times. You've, you've cultivated so much confidence and audacity Mm -hmm. in yourself through everything that you said at the beginning, right? Right. Just like forcing yourself and like being like, yeah, like I am awesome. And there's no way that anyone who doesn't have that in their toolkit and in their personality type, like could not do what you do every day. So you're really special in that regard. Well, thank you. You're welcome. But in a lot of what's really interesting is like you said, like toolkit, there's a lot of situations where it's like, if you make yourself really comfortable with being uncomfortable, then you can be in a lot of situations where you're like, oh, I've done this before, even though you haven't. Because you're like, I've been in this mental state before. Yeah, I yeah. haven't done this particular thing, but it's like, it's similar with me, like going into my MBA. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, I've been understated plenty of times. <laughs> so I can dive into that. You've been in a classroom plenty of yeah, times. Yeah. It's like, yeah. oh, I've done that. It's similar. You and I were talking yesterday about running a mile. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, I've ran a mile before. I can run a mile again. Yep. Right. There's a lot of neat things. I mean, mile is very direct of like, I've done this before. I can do it again. But like, you can use that same philosophy for a lot of things in life yeah. where it's like, oh, I've been confident before here. Why would I not be confident there? So 
What did we learn today? We learned that Jacob Schumann is one of the only people that I know of who could ever be a tire salesman, <laughs> whether they wanted to or not. We also learned that if you are a college student who ever plans to interact with your student government association, maybe you should like ask about some of those precedents or look into that and mm -hmm. see what you might be going into. Or, you know, take a look and see what's already happening around you so that you don't make duplicates. Also, if you're a young student, and I don't know if anyone in the like high school or middle school range are listening mm -hmm. to this. I think that you should know that while the education system is incredibly effective and has been very good at educating large swaths of people over a large period of time, long period of time, that you may not fit into that group. And that doesn't mean you're an idiot or more importantly, <laughs> a marker, sniffer. a marker sniffer. <laughs> exactly. Thank you. Well, put those markers down, folks. <laughs> <laughs> Take care of That has to be, that has to go across. <laughs> you should start every podcast. Put those markers down, folks. I'm talking. <laughs> All right. And, oh, don't forget that our theme music is from a wonderful group called Crow Wonder, and the song is called Humbug. I'm Bridget Bard. That's awesome. Shalom. <laughs>